Well, sorry for the delay, folks, but, you know, Arkansas had some pretty big news in football and they were getting some pretty big commitments today. So we're going a little late in the afternoon. Bear with me, but still going to be fun on today's Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Friday, as uh, I know that uh, the time of this recording, like Razorback baseball is playing right now. So uh, it, it's, I know it's unorthodox and I uh, may not have a chance to uh, really be able to, to watch it or at least be uh, the most up-to-date thing, but due to timing and due to content and due to everything that went along with it, Felt like this was just really the best way to do it. Plus, a uh, busy Friday for me as well. So, I appreciate everybody being patient with me and uh, waiting until uh, we got the big news because uh, I knew that Friday was going to be one of a lot of fun or at least a lot of good news for Razorback recruiting just for football, not for basketball. Basketball is still up in the air. Don't really know anything for certain or if anything's changed, but. Uh, we'll definitely keep you updated on and who knows, maybe this weekend we'll really have uh, a lot of different things to dive into. But uh, I do want to bring up the fact that Arkansas did have some uh, really nice commitments uh, in the football side of things, too, where uh, they were able to land two guys specifically, uh, four-star defensive lineman Charleston Collins. Uh, I, I hear that he goes by Charlie or Charles. Uh, I'm going to call him Charleston because I feel like that's such a cool name. But uh, he's 6'5", 263 pounds. He's out of Mills here in Little Rock. And he had 30 different scholarship offers to Arkansas, Auburn, Georgia, LSU, and Oklahoma before committing to Arkansas. I uh, visited Fayetteville a few times, had uh, 124 tackles, 46 for loss, 12 sacks, five uh, fumble recoveries, uh, four pass breakups, and one forced fumble. And uh, according to On3.com, they rate him as a four-star recruit, number 15 defensive lineman in the country, as well as the number 121 prospect overall in the, in the 2024 class. He's rated the number one recruit also in the state of Arkansas. Uh, Deke Adams was his lead recruiter, and uh, he is a guy that uh, obviously was uh, highly regarded coming out of the state of Arkansas and one that Arkansas fans and the coaches and everybody really wanted to get. So uh, they got him, and they also got uh, another big-time player, uh, Chris Crutchfield, which 6'2", 275 pounds, he picked Arkansas over LSU, Auburn, Texas A&M, Tennessee, Missouri, Vanderbilt, Iowa State, Oklahoma, Kansas State, as well as a, a bunch of other schools there too. Uh, he had uh, some pretty great numbers: twenty-four receptions or twenty-five receptions for seven hundred six yards. And uh, he is uh, one of the top athletes in the state. Uh, one of the big-time players there that has done such a good job of uh, standing out. In which you know, there's a few players in this year's uh, in this year's uh, class in the state of Arkansas that is actually really good, and that's one of the things that. I feel like doesn't get uh, talked about enough, maybe, but uh, he commits. And then I guess it's three, technically three players that we're, we're going to talk about. Uh, but the other one was Jaden Allen, who this, the Jaden Allen kid is a four star cornerback out of Texas. And if you think about him and what he's been able to bring into the table and what he's going to bring to the table is first off, I think it's great that you actually got a player out of the state of Texas, <laughs> like a big time player out of the state of Texas. I think that's huge. He had offers to Texas, Alabama, and Houston. 
And uh, he's a guy that's 5'11", 160, and uh, really liked what Arkansas had to grab. So you're talking about some four-star recruits, basically four, a bunch of four-star recruits. Arkansas is now, according to 24-7 Sports, the number 15 overall recruiting class in the 2024 class. Uh, they have a ton of four-stars already committed, and it certainly seems like uh, they're not exactly done. But uh, getting some uh, defensive linemen and adding in some cornerbacks and you know trying to build that defense up, is a really good sign. Now, we know what commitments are about, and we know how recruiting, you just never really know what to expect. Sometimes these big-time recruits will be awesome and be big-time and be able to help right away. And then others that may be projects. Uh, some of them may not even stay committed. They may end up decommitting and going elsewhere. Like, there's a lot of things that could go a, a certain way. But uh, I, w- I was listening to Trey Biddy of Hogsports.com, who uh, goes on my station each and every day at 103.7 The Buzz, in drive time sports. And one of the things that he says is he's been doing this a long time and he's been covering Razorback recruiting and football for a long time. And he can never remember a time where they had this many high profile four-star players committed this early into the recruiting cycle. And the staff for Sam Pittman and the guys they brought him, especially on the defensive side of the ball are living up to the hype because uh, they have not only done a great job into the transfer portal of bringing guys in to help immediately, but they've also done a great job of getting dudes who are out there in the recruiting classes upcoming for 2024 and even 2025 they've been on uh, to really not only acknowledge Arkansas for being a great, great school, but uh, to be able to actually get the commitment from them. You got to give a lot of props to them because you're beating out some big time schools here. You're beating out a lot of SEC schools. You're beating out Alabama's. You're beating out Georgia's. You're beating out LSU's like Tennessee's Auburn's like you're beating them out for some of these players. And yeah, some of them are in state, but some of them are out state. And you're you got visits that are coming up with some highly regarded players that have offers to a bunch of other different places too. It's just really gotten a lot of momentum and how Sam Pittman has really taken off. And you know, it's so early, and you got to have the results. And it doesn't really matter until once you actually get on the field this year and start to see how the season goes. But I do want to give credit where credit is due to Sam Pittman and the staff. They have really, really turned it up a notch. Like they have absolutely said, okay, if we're going to do this, if we're going to do this right, we got to recruit. And I think that there were times that you saw with coaches in, in Arkansas history where if things started getting tough, or if maybe they had a year that they didn't exactly want to have or whatever, the recruiting started to really fall off. I think that absolutely happened with Bielema, uh, with the coaches that he brought in and the recruits that he was going after. Uh, it wasn't to the high level that it once was. Uh, Chad Morris wasn't even here long enough to know one way or the other. So throw that out to the mix. Uh, people talk about Petrino's recruiting, which I will agree with to a certain extent, because I think his first couple of recruiting classes were the best ones Arkansas has ever had, at least here in the modern history. But uh, I think that that's uh, something that you know will never always be argued. Even Houston Nutt. Now, Houston Nutt and, and, and there were guys that he recruited. You could tell that there was some... It was changing from where he was originally getting some of the big time recruits to where it was going. So point is, is that usually when coaches, you can see, well, hey, if the backs are against the wall or if things aren't going their way or if they have to make a lot of big changes, things start falling off a little bit. The wheels start falling off. But you got to give Sam Pittman all the credit where, hey, his back is against the wall. Maybe it's not his seat's not hot, like as hot as what people maybe make it out to be. Uh, It's not like he's going to get fired this year if uh, they don't go 10 wins. Like it's nothing like that. But it's kind of a put up or shut up time. Like the honeymoon's over. It's like you got to do something about it. And I think that with what Sam Pittman did with the staff and the hirings there, I like. I like who we brought into the portal. 
And the one thing that we always talked about, at least here on this podcast, is about defense. Whoever you're going to have as the coordinator, they need to be able to recruit. And I think that's the, the biggest difference for Arkansas. And right now, they're doing it. Like, they are absolutely doing it, and they are doing a great job in recruiting. And this is just the beginning. They still got a lot of spots left. Uh, I keep hearing that you know, from the guys who know about recruiting, whether it's Trey Biddy or Richard Davenport, whoever, that uh, they are going to have some big visits. I've already had some big visits, but uh, they're continuing to get some big visits there, too. So I'm excited about it. And I'm excited about where it's going to go, but it's certainly nice to see the football side of things turning up the recruiting another notch where it's already been pretty good, but now it looks like it's going to be going in a direction where it could be even better. Uh, we'll talk about some things going on with college football here in just a second. But first, I got to tell you something exciting is happening at Built.com on April 22nd, which is tomorrow. I don't have all the details yet, but the excitement is real. And if it's something that you even think about missing, that's on you. You got to miss. You won't want to miss this because if you know how Built works, they have the most incredible protein bars in the world, and they do amazing flavor drops with unreal flavors in limited quali- quantity. So mark your calendars and you head over to Built.com on Saturday tomorrow, April 22nd, to be one of the first to discover what all the hype is about. Can't wait to see what the new flavor is because they always have great ones too. Make sure to use promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your next order at Built.com. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, moving on into the next segment of the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Uh, this is some rules that got passed in college football. It has to deal with the clock. And I'm sure a lot of you have heard about this and, and, and probably have your own reactions to it. But uh, I'll just go through it. Where the NCAA Playing Rules Oversight Panel has approved rule changes that are expected to reduce the number of plays in football games. Notably, one that will keep the clock running when a team makes a first down, except for the last two minutes of a half. So at the end of the... Uh, two minutes left in the first half, two minutes left in the game. Uh, the t- clock is going to continue to stop when you get a first down. But besides that, it's just going to keep running. It's been that way since 1968. And uh, it only affects D1 and D2. And the other two changes that were approved were penalties accepted at the end of the first and third quarters will now be enforced at the start of the following quarter. Rather than having an untimed down, which I'm for. I, I like that. And then also back-to-back timeouts during the same dead ball period are no longer allowed, which I also like. So if you have three timeouts, you can't use all three to ice the kicker and dumb things like that. Or if you took a timeout and you still don't know what the heck you're doing out there, you're just going to have to take a delay a game. Because honestly, if you have to call back-to-back timeouts because you don't know what you're doing, you deserve to get a penalty. So, uh, But yeah, so they're, they're looking to, uh, to lower the plays and speed up the game times. And uh, according to Steve Shaw, who's... Uh, the head of the officials in NCAA says new clock rule on first downs would take away about eight plays out of the game, which would be about 96 fewer exposures over a regular season and for teams that go to the Bulls into the playoffs. Now, I, like I said, the, the last two rules, I don't really care about. I'm, in fact, I'm for I'm for those. But the whole first down and the, and the clock stopping and everything, um, you know, I'm still going to watch college football. I'm still going to love it. And it's not like it's going to kill my love for it. But man, if you talk about like, I like that. I like the fact that first downs always gave the, uh, a stoppage of clock. Like, it's always been that way. And it comes back to the fact that the NCAA is talking about speeding up games. They can say, they, they can mask it in player safety. It's like, oh, you're taking off 96 plays per game. I'm like, okay, but that's averages. It doesn't mean it's going to, you know, change anything in that regard. And, and maybe it does overall, but, um, I've never, I, I'm not one of the people that like to sit here and say that because if I love college football, it's my favorite sport. I'm not going to sit here and say, well, 
I, I really hate how long the games are. They're too long for me. I, I've never said that. Like, if the game was four hours or five hours, I'm still going to watch it. I'm still going to be there. But it comes down to the fact that everything's going to trying to get faster, trying to, you know, get through the games quicker. And, you know, they, again, they can mask it under player safety. They can mask it under, uh, you know, just changing the game and, uh, you know, not having as, as uh, you know, as quicker games, whatever, because it's better or whatever. Like, they can do whatever they want. But let's, let's, come, let's get to brass tacks here. It's about money. Because they're not shortening commercial breaks. You know, they're not shortening the the halftime where commercials are going to be played ad nauseum. They're not doing that. They want to speed up the game because they want to fit more more games in less time and open up times for more commercials. That's what it comes down to. It's about money. It's not about player safety. It's not about any of that stuff. It's about money. And so I I just laugh at this when you think about they they're they're talking about shortening the games for for like they 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 never like again they'll mask whatever reason they want to but i get frustrated where it's like you know what it you're you don't don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining like don't sit there and tell me it's about player safety don't tell me it's about anything else because if you wanted the qual if you cared mostly if quality of play was your number one deal what you would do is, is that you would shorten commercial breaks or you'd shorten halftime and go on from there. But you're not going to do that, are you? No, you're going to shorten the thing that no, not one single person has complained about. Not one single person has had an issue with. Like, seriously, like, I can understand in baseball the pitch clock because there are people that have complained about how long baseball games are. That, that's been a thing. And they have complained about the, the lack of action in between. Like, I can understand that at least a little bit. But you're going to really sit there and tell me and, tr- and, and try to convince me that there are people out there, anybody, coaches, players, uh, fans, anybody that said, you know what, I love college football, but wouldn't it be better if, the, if you didn't have to stop the clock on first downs? Wouldn't the game be so much better? Like, nobody has ever said that. And if they did, they did it jokingly or they aren't even fans of college football. So I'm sure the rule will be okay. I'm sure it'll be fine. It's not going to ruin the game. But I just get so sick and tired of this stuff of like, like if you think about how much college football has changed in the past like five years, think about this. Overtime rules have completely changed. They completely changed their whole overhaul. You think about the rules that are here now with the clock completely changed you think about touchbacks you know and how you you moved it up and then you can have more touchbacks get out to the 25 instead of the 20 how big that was you think you're not just something like the nil how big that is and how that's changed everything just in college sports in general but especially in college football that's been big the recruiting rules have changed dramatically conference expansion have has changed everything it's just it's, it's like i love this sport i do but man, it, it has changed so much in five years to where like, it, it's still fun. It's still great. I still love it. But it's almost like you need, we need to slow down on changing so much in so little a time. Because it just seems like you're cha- a lot of things you're changing for the sake of changes. But in most cases, if not all the cases, it's about, well, we're changing things because of money. 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 That's all we care about. Money. Which is what it's about. I understand it. I get it. I just wish there was some other, like, I just wish you would start a- 
actually appealing to what fans want, the consumer wants. And the, what the consumer wants is not the clock continuing to roll on first downs. <laughs> like, that's not anybody, anything that anybody said. And like, you know what? That, that's going to make football more enjoyable for me. No. It's just making more money in your pockets. So, anyways, I think it's dumb. I'll still love it, but, you know, don't, don't just say things and then not mean it. Like, we all know what's going on there. Uh, we'll get to the final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so final segment of Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I want to talk about um, Drew Smiley, uh, who had a great uh, opportunity today with the Cubs. But I, I, the reason I didn't bring up Razorback baseball, and I will real quick here, is because just games going on game two. So why, when I'm recording this, so we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but I will say this before we dump in the Drew Smiley. Uh, game one was atrocious and was the worst game that Arkansas has played in SEC play. And they still almost had a chance. They lost six to five. But you cannot have the errors. You cannot have the mistakes and you cannot, and I repeat, you cannot have bases loaded with no outs late in the game and not score a dadgum run. Cannot happen. So we'll see how the game plays out. Again, it's going on right now. Here's hoping for the best and hopefully they, t- I think they will. I think they will take care of business in game two. They'll get a fire under them and they'll get it done, but that was still really annoying. Uh, but former Razorback Drew Smiley, I wanted to bring this up. He lost a perfect game bid, which perfect games don't happen very often in baseball as we know. But it was uh, it was a route as the Cubs were taking care of business against the Dodgers, thirteen to nothing, and they went to the eighth inning, and not a single runner had re- reached base. Everybody was watching, everybody was so excited, and then, ugh, it was just terrible because uh, a little in- dribbler there in the infield in the eighth inning had Drew Smiley and his catcher collide into each other, and so uh, they didn't get a chance to even finish out the perfect game, but. Uh, I just thought it was a great performance out of him. And sometimes I forget about how many baseball players Arkansas has, especially from Dave Van Horn that's on these lists. But uh, I, was, I felt really bad for him. Uh, I feel like any time in baseball, especially with uh, injuries and like time management or whatever, a lot of times you're not going to get them to pitch the entire game. And in this case, they were going to let him. And like to have it in that way was just, oh, man, I can't imagine. Just, you know, it seemed like a routine play that I don't know what the catcher was doing. I feel like that should have been the pitcher's play. I don't know baseball, but it certainly looked like it. Uh, but then it all came to an end and he was almost perfect. But I don't know. I, that sucks for him. But again, it's just cool to see former Razorbacks into um, doing big time things and uh, just shows the great amount of players that are in the pro still and coached and played under Dave Van Horn and everything. So but just wanted to give him a shout out and hey, great job. Just wish your catcher wouldn't run into you, Drew. Appreciate everybody listening in the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNavers for any questions, comments, concerns you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel next Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. We will see you then.